Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us, and we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day, and I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events, and uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. This house. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to the book of Numbers, chapter number 17, Numbers chapter number 17. And um, we are going to uh, pick up here in our series tonight. Number 17, beginning at verse 2. Speaking to the children of Israel, and take of every one of them a rod according to the house of their fathers, of all their princes according to the house of their fathers, twelve rods. Write thou every man's name upon his rod. And thou shalt write Aaron's name upon the rod of Levi. For one rod shall be the head of the house for their fathers. And thou shalt lay them up in the tabernacle of the congregation before the testimony, where I will meet with you. And it shall come to pass that the man's rod whom I shall choose shall blossom, and I will make to cease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel, whereby they murmur against you. And then chapter 17 and verse 8 says, And it came to pass that on the morrow... Moses went into the tabernacle of witness and beheld, behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was budded and brought forth buds and blossomed and yielded almonds. Amen. Let's pray together right now. Jesus, thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for your spirit that we feel for the freedom and the liberty we have to worship you in expressions of of joy and, and hand clapping and with our voices. I pray, Lord, you would open our understanding in your word. I pray, Lord, that we would draw closer to you, that we would understand more about you and how we can better be formed into your image. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. Amen. Look at somebody and tell them, I'm the branches reconnected to the vine. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Praise God. We have taken several several nights to um, get into this and to get through this lesson and uh, taking it a little bite at a time. Really on this subject, we, we could actually spend um, quite a lengthy time uh, talking about um, the idea of the branches being being reconnected to the vine. Jesus said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. So ultimately, we are the branches that are connected to the vine that is Christ. And um, in, in a brief recap, we, we talked about uh, the kingdom and about how the kingdom of God is brought into the earth through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we talked about kind of the parallels between Moses and Jesus and the law of the Old Testament, the law of Moses, and now what is known as the law of Christ or the law of love, how there was the dispensation of the law that was in the time of the Jews and how Christ brought to an end or a fulfillment the dispensation of the law by by having a new dispensation which we live in is uh, the dispensation of grace. Everybody say, I'm glad I'm in grace. Amen. And so we are in that dispensation of grace. And because of that grace, because we are in that dispensation of grace, there is, is it turned on back there? I'm on up here. So is it on on the, it's on here. It's a different channel. Well, let's come do this. Amen. So I don't have to hold this mic all night. Uh, so that we're in the dispensation of grace. And the dispensation of grace is where that we do not live under the condemnation of the law of Moses, meaning that the only way you could find salvation for your household in the time of Moses was through obeying the laws of God that were set forth in every aspect of your life, Uh, dietary laws, uh, uh, customary worship laws, um, the seven feasts of Israel that, that are parallel to us, but we, 
We don't have to live under those laws today. Praise God for that. Amen. We don't have to live under those laws because those laws have now been fulfilled in Christ Jesus. Amen. I, I've given uh, quite a few examples, uh, but to, to kind of bring you up to speed, um, the law of the dietary law that has been ended, or, or rather, I don't like saying ended because it would almost make some people think, well, if the law is ended, then, then God don't require anything of us. But Christ said, I came not to do away with the law, but I came to fulfill the law. And so that um, Christ fulfilled dietary law. And that's why in the book of Luke, he told them, he said that all things, he said, I declared all foods clean, or the word clean there in the Greek is actually the Hebrew word for kosher, um, that now everything's okay. And I'm glad I can eat bacon and catfish and all that kind of stuff and pork chops, praise God. So I'm, I'm thankful he fulfilled that law because, I mean, I would just be struggling, amen, even harder trying to live for God. I couldn't walk. I couldn't walk past the grocery section and see a pack of bacon laying there. That, that would be, be kind of difficult to do. Even the Sabbath day, uh, Jesus fulfilled the Sabbath. He didn't do away with the Sabbath. He fulfilled the Sabbath. And there we got those people that, you know, that believe that uh, we should still be holding the Sabbath on Saturday. And, boy, they have to do all kinds of scriptural calisthenics to try to make that work. Because Christ fulfilled the Sabbath. Amen. And so um, I, I, I've talked with people about this, the Seventh-day Adventists, and even there are even some among us that have kind of, um, I actually know a church back in the Dallas area, and they, they're apostolic church, but they believe you have church on Saturday. And so they have church on Saturday. And so um, the Bible says we should not contend for our own views to the disunity of the body. So I don't sit around and try to argue with them about it. But Jesus fulfilled. I remember asking somebody one time, if I could prove to you that Jesus broke the Sabbath, what would you say? To say? He never broke the Sabbath. That's impossible. Well, he absolutely did. The Pharisees accused him of it, and he admitted, I did. I broke it so that I could fulfill it. Amen. And so, so that's why it's not, we can have church on any day we want to have church. Now, we have church on Sunday. Uh, a lot of that's customary, but... I believe there is a biblical precedent for having church on Sunday. The Holy Ghost fell on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. Amen. Uh, um, Jesus was resurrected on the first day of the week, which is a Sunday. So if it's good enough for Jesus to get up and the Holy Ghost to come down, I think we ought to have church on Sunday. But it doesn't matter if we have it on Sunday or Tuesday. It's the fact that when there, there, there needs to be an appointed gathering time, amen, an appointed gathering time where we gather and we worship together. Now, in the early church, it was daily. They had church daily. Now, I grant it to you that they didn't have to, um, they didn't have to commute. They all lived in neighborhoods, and they worshiped in, in communal gatherings, um, they, they weren't able to have a building like this because that would have made them an easy target. Uh, but they daily, they daily worshiped and they daily prayed together and they daily discussed scripture and taught scripture and had church. So Jesus fulfilled that because he is, we are now in the dispensation of grace. Everybody say grace. Amen. Now the dispensation of grace is going to come to an end. So you better get saved while you can. Because when Jesus comes back to this earth, he will seal that dispensation. And then we will then be in the dispensation of the eternal kingdom of Christ. We will be in the dispensation of the millennial reign where, where God is going to bring heaven down to earth. The new Jerusalem, he's going to burn the earth with fire. You, may, you want to be sure you're in heaven when that happens. Because he's going to blow torch this earth, and then New Jerusalem is going to come down and set down on top of the earth. Amen. And then we will rule and reign with Christ in the millennial reign. Amen. And so we will be in the reign of, of Christ's kingdom in the millennium. And it will be a physical kingdom at that point. Uh, but that's why you got to get saved now and stay saved now. Amen. You say, well, I think, I thought, I think that maybe people can be saved after the rapture. Well, that's a, you're taking an awful big risk there. Um, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't be waiting on that and hoping that would happen for you uh, because on that day when that trumpet sounds, amen, he's going to call his bride out of here and he's going to release his wrath upon the earth and grace will have ended at that point.
Amen. And so you, you don't want to be there, or rather, you don't want to be here when that happens. Amen. So grace is going to come to it. We are in the dispensation of grace. So Christ fulfilled that. We, we looked at the contrast uh, from Moses. Did we get it working? Of Moses in the Exodus when Moses begins to talk about um, how that, see, I can talk and him do this at the same time. Uh, Moses talked about the Ten Commandments. Thank you. The Ten Commandments on top of um, uh, the mountain. I don't think it is working. Amen. Isn't technology great? I don't know if you unmute me or amen. Praise God. Uh, when Moses is on the mountain, he comes down with the law, the Ten Commandments, and within the Ten Commandments after that, he begins to give them the Levitical law uh, because these, peoples had, these people had lived in slavery for 400 years. And, and God had to give them instruction on how to do everything, how to, how to bathe. Amen. Israel had been in slavery, thank you, for 400 years. And, and, and they're not a, they're not a people that were accustomed to having, uh, to having freedom, to having property, to having any kind of rights, to having uh, a, good, a good diet. I mean, they, they lived, they, I mean, they were some, they got the worst cuts of meat that was left over. Uh, they, 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 were, they were very poor. And so God has to give Israel this law and says, okay, you need to eat like this, you need to not eat like this, you need to bathe like Basically, he says, you know, I'm not going to have a people that act like wild animals. And so he gives them some very stringent laws. And, and so when Christ comes, he fulfills it. We see Moses with the Ten Commandments. We see Jesus coming, uh, and he brings nine beatitudes. Ten things you can't do, nine things you get to do. Amen? The nine judgments if you don't, and the nine blessings from Christ if you do. And it is a tremendous parallel between the two, the dispensation of law and the dispensation of grace. Amen. Uh, you know, I, I, I hear this all the time, and I try not to get into it, because the people that argue this are so biblically illiterate, it almost breaks my breath. And I try not to do that, because the Bible says don't cast the pearls before swine. And, and not being, not, not trying to be crude, uh, but if they're not even really received, don't ever try to argue and debate with people who already know everything. Okay, that's what you believe. Um, you know, it's, it's become, it's become vogue uh, to attack the church and to attack Christianity. Well, well, religion, Christianity is what's wrong with the world. That's what put the world in slavery. Um, I'm sorry. That's been happening ever since there were men. Amen. And women on the earth. And it's not been relegated to one people, one continent. One it has been through the history of mankind. Amen. Okay, well, the Bible encourages slavery. And it shows how ignorant you are of the Bible. Because slavery of the Old Testament was far different than the kind of slavery we're talking about in a relative modern day. Because slavery in the Bible times that the Bible was talking about was where when you didn't have money, this is how you went into debt. You worked off your debts. And then there was a jubilee that every so many years, everyone had to have their debts forgiven and had to be released. But so many of those that we would use the term slave for would end up staying because they were, they had a place to live. They were, so the Bible didn't, the Bible didn't, the Bible's not the Quran. Don't get it twisted. The Bible doesn't say go find them and enslave them like the Quran does. The Quran says find them and slay them. Amen. And I, I, I think, um, I, I'm shocked that a man has great intelligence like Minister Farrakhan doesn't even realize that being that, that he's a black man, according to the Quran, he can't be saved. They don't read that. You go around that part, and the servants of Muhammad in, in the Hadith, or when he says, I went into the Hadith, 
problems? Yeah. And he started telling me these things that he had to overcome. He'd been, he'd been in the camp for several years. What I'm trying to say is if that can happen in a short span of time in his life, imagine generation after generation after generation that live like that. God is having to reprogram him as a people. You are not the tail. You are the head. You are not the borrower. You are the lender. You are not cursed. You are blessed. You are not bound. You are free. You are not beneath. You are above. You are not just an accident. You have been chosen. And so he's constantly ingraining this into Israel. You're not like Egypt. You're not like the world. I know you see the kings of this world. You see the kings of Jericho. You see the kings of Assyria. You see the kings of Babylon. You see their wealth, and you want that wealth, and you want it, but you cannot be like them. You are my people. You're a chosen people. You're a holy people. You're a royal priesthood. You've been called out to be separate unto me. And God is constantly reminding them and chastising them. You can't be like that. You are of a different world. Amen. And how many times did Israel fall again and again and again? Falling because they saw the customs of another society and they wanted it. And God said, no, you can't have the customs of that society. I want you to separate yourself. I want you to be holy. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I shall receive you unto me. And you shall be my people, and I shall be your God. And you shall be my sons and daughters, and I will be your father. That's what he's telling them. I cannot, you can't be my child and be like Egypt. If, if God wanted them to be like Egypt, he would have just flipped the tables in Egypt. And King David's palace would have been a pyramid. But he didn't. He said, I've got to bring you out of it. I don't, I, I've got to bring you out of it physically, and now I've got to bring you out of it i got to bring you out of it emotionally. These people were emotionally damaged. They were mentally and spiritually scarred. I'm talking about the vines and the branches. They were emotionally scarred. They remembered the chains. They had the scars still around their wrists from the irons and the leg irons. They, they had scars on them from the guilt. They were missing teeth from when they had been punched in the face. Their, their wives still remember being violated by the Egyptian men. The children remember seeing their, their parents beat down in the street. They remembered these things. And when they came through the Red Sea, you would think that it would instantly be over. But constantly they go back to the poverty, curse, and downtrodden mentality that we are just paupers and we are just slaves. God brings them out miraculously. I just wish, I just wish we'd have died in Egypt. I mean, that is one of the most immature things. Come on, think about it. Have you ever seen a kid at Disneyland not get the stuffed animal they want? I wish we'd have stayed home. Because they, the, they didn't get the toy they want. They, they didn't get the space mountain. in the world today? <laughs> I went through school. We got paddles. We got a wooden paddle. Man, and they used, they always, they call, they laugh about it. We're going to take the board of knowledge and apply it to the seat of education. I'm still hearing them say it. I'm I had a paddle broke on me one time by my math teacher because I, I wasn't acting right. And I did not realize she played college and played tennis in college. I didn't realize that until the second hit when she knocked my backside around my shoulders. And I had to go with the nurse and they had to get some come-alongs and crank my rear end back down around my waist. And I found out real quick with Miss Paula Smith, boy, she had a mean hit. I mean, it hurt. We, we prayed before we went to, to lunch. 
good teaching is deferred. And we say, You know what they didn't do? You know, back then, people didn't fall out the floor and start crying and saying, Oh, the world sucks. No. We learned a story. We bowed our head. We missed Jones, let us through, and, uh, I mean, excuse me, Miss Smith. And she was, uh, Miss Smith was first kindergarten through fourth. First grade was Miss uh, Smith. She was from Britain. Somewhere she had that accent. And, uh, And honey. Amen. And, and so that's what God 
without holiness without which no man shall see the Lord 
Two things you got to have to see Jesus. His spirit and holiness. Amen. Stuff we need. No, I'm talking about being a branch that's connected to the vine. He called Egypt. He called Israel out of Egypt. He said, he said, uh, don't don't talk like, don't look like, yeah. and, and you know, I, I don't care what that band in the eighties was. Don't even walk like them.
yourself. If you serve a God that doesn't require you to change a sinful lifestyle, don't tell me down when it's if you serve a God that lets you be what you were before you had a conversion, you're not actually serving God, you're serving yourself. And you might as well put a mirror on your altar and light candles to it and pray to yourself because that's a God of self. Jesus said, if you're going to be my people, then you're the sheep of my pasture. Amen. I know this is controversial teaching that you guys I'm telling you, I grew up in this stuff. And I'm telling you right now, I ain't even laying it down like they laid it down. But I'm telling you, if we're going to be saved, we've got to be a holy people. We have got to be branches that are connected. Say, say, connected. The Bible says that life and, and, and death is in the power of the tongue. And then the Bible says you cannot just speak while it's in the Bible. His heart will be divided. He's unstable in everything he does. This is why so many people are unstable in their walk with God. Am I helping anybody tonight? In the mouth pastor would say it like this. When I was a kid, he'd say, go. Nothing old, how is it? Something old, something new, and something to you. Well, I know you've heard this. I gotta read this. I gotta read into that. Because we are a people of self. But it's not from the Lord, but it's I want to be his church. His rock. We're his people. Sheep of his Well, is y'all waiting to see the Is y'all waiting for separation from the world? With the music and the preaching and the worship, it'd be the biggest church. No, it wouldn't be the biggest church. It'd be the biggest crowd. But it wouldn't be the biggest church even. Because God has a people that is a holy We're a people that are not in bad choices are maturing now. You're having to pay interest on And sincerely, sincerely, sincerely love them. I don't care what, what nationality, what color, I don't care what the political affiliation is, I don't care what the 
sexual orientation is. I, I, I love him. I don't agree with him. This is a problem we have in this society right now. Well, if I don't hear my opinion coming out of your mouth, then you must hate me. No. You're a three-year-old with the ability to have verbal. That's, no, I can still love you and not accept you. I, I can still as a pastor, and I'll tell you what, and I am, and I will. I will until Jesus comes, I die, or they put me in jail, and that last is probably not far away. We're going to take a stand against the gender confusion stuff and say the Bible still says God created a man and a woman and there's no such thing as binary or I can't even keep up with all this. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's in the Bible. It's, it's, it's Baal worship. Don't worry, I'm working on the Bible stuff. Bring your friends that bring, believe there's 90 different genders. This is an ancient Ancient spirit. See, Baal was a god that was both male and female. And when they went to worship, the men dressed like women and the women dressed like men. And God hated that spirit. And now that they're trying to pump that into our elementary school. Amen. The church has got to be a light. The church has got to say, hey, And the only way for me to serve him is to follow him. And understand that I am a branch that is being connected to the vine. He is that vine. God brings Israel out of Egypt. Now he's got this huge branch. It's not big and huge. It's effective. We are in that same expecting me to have this open door and I can't go home in this world anymore. Oh Lord, oh Lord, you know, I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then Lord like will I be. Because this world isn't my home. This world is a building. The parallel is exact. He brings, he brings Israel as slaves out of Egypt. He brings us as slaves to sin out of the world and says, now let me clean you up. Let me wash you in my blood. And though, and though, and, 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 and I'm going to wash you clean in the blood. And I'm going to put on a white robe on you that's soft. And I want you to follow me. I want you to come out of the world. And I want you, just like they came. Now listen, we've still got a journey here. And not everybody's going to make this journey. But if you want to make this journey, you better stay connected to me. Because if you're going to make this journey, you're going to have to take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow after me. You've got to come with me. I can't, I can't leave you in the bondage of sin. Here's what Jesus said. He that committed sin is a slave to sin. And then he starts talking about the power of adopted, uh, adoption and redemption. And he said, and the son abideth not in the, uh, in the house forever. Or, or the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. And he that the Son, therefore, has, set free, has made free is therefore free indeed. He was talking about coming out of the, as a matter of fact, the, the, the uh, Pharisees, the religious people at that time got ticked off at Jesus over that statement. Because they said, we be of the seed of Abraham and we have never been in bondage to any man. You liar, liar, pants on fire. Man, your people spent 400 years in chains in Egypt. You said, I've never been in. Oh, by the way, who are them dudes out there wearing short britches, togas, carrying a spear? Romans, you're in bondage now. They were in such denial of their bondage. How many people have you met just like that? I'm not addicted. I can quit anytime I want. 
I'm, I'm a Christian. I, I, and they're in denial of their bondage. You can't be in denial. You got to say, no, I want to come out from among this. I want the son to make me free and make me free without a doubt. I want to be connected to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to grow in him. I want to walk in ultimately one of these days. Amen. There is a promised land, a land that floweth with milk and honey. There is a new Jerusalem coming down, a city whose builder and, and maker is God. Amen. A city that is built 1,500 miles wide. 1,500 miles high and 1,500 miles square. Amen. A gates that are fashioned out of a single pearl. Walls that are made of jasper streets that are made of gold. A crystal river of life that flows. Amen. A place where there's no more death, no more dying, no more sin, no more pain, no more heartache, no more hunger, no more darkness, no more sunset, no more moon. For Jesus himself will be the light of that city. And for me to get there, I got to walk through this wilderness down here but that's all right I know where I'm going I know I can survive in this wilderness because I got Jesus holding my hand I'm connected to the vine I'm not out here just in the wind by myself I'm connected to a vine that's going to get me ultimately to my destination oh hallelujah so I'm a I'm a stranger in a strange land and I'm following him. And I am going to be with him. But the only way for me to do that is to be connected to him. To be connected to him. Brother Lucas, if you'll come. Jesus says, matter of fact, and, and I'm going to end this lesson and most likely um, after the first year, maybe next week, we'll close out the second lesson of this. The Bible, everywhere, everywhere there is fruitlessness. It's, there's always a rebuke. There's always a rebuke. Matter of fact, Jesus would say at some point, if the tree doesn't bear fruit, cut it down, throw it in the fire. And the parallel, look, I know, you're, I know you don't get this in your, you know, Bible devotional app that, you know, comes from somewhere where it's, you know, all huffy, fluffy, kumbaya. But Jesus, the parallel was, if you live for him, you need to have fruit more in your life. I said this a few weeks ago. I said, if, if you were put on trial for being, a for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict? Because what Jesus is saying is, I am the vine, you are the branches. Remember when Jesus showed up, he was walking to the temple. He sees a fig tree afar off. You remember that? And he went to it, if happily he might find some. Remember, that's what the Bible says, that he might find some. And he finds it, he finds it bare. And then the writer, I believe Mark says, for the time of figs was not yet. You trying to tell me God in the flesh didn't know it wasn't fig season? But he walked over there, he wanted, and then Jesus, he got angry with that tree and he cursed it. And he said, no man shall eat of thee hitherto forth. And the next day they walked by and Peter noticed the tree was dead, shriveled up and withered. And it was like the writer didn't elaborate on that anymore. It just kind of moved on. And it wasn't that he didn't elaborate on it because it didn't have value. He didn't elaborate because the point spoke for itself. Jesus expects fruit. You can't cut a branch off and throw it in the yard and it produce fruit. It's got to be connected to something. The only way we produce fruit in our life as a Christian is staying connected to Jesus. Connected in prayer. Connected in worship. Connected in the Word connected in our devotion and when we're connected to him that vine will transfer into the branch the nutrients to be able to bear out the fruit the only way that can happen is I gotta be see you're going to bear fruit that's absolutely 100% going to happen you're going to bear fruit 
It's either going to be carnal, sinful fruit, or it's going to be godly fruit. That's it. We can't be entertained by the world, be like the world, and expect to produce godly fruit. And on the other side of that, if we're like Jesus, if we're connected to him, then we should be bringing forth fruit that represents the life we live. Amen. I want to be connected to Jesus in such a way that I don't have to put a bumper sticker on my car to tell people I'm a Christian. somebody with the lowest of IQ to be able to discern. Not like everybody else. Why? Because that's what Jesus, well what kind of fruit do I have? We'll kind of get into that next week. But here's some things. You'll have love, kindness, gentleness, meekness, temperance. All of these things are going to start it's amazing the more you stay connected to Jesus and the less you stay connected to Netflix. It's amazing what kind of fruit will come out. The more you're connected to your Bible and a prayer life and the less you're connected to YouTube or friends that are always trying to bring you down, you got to stay connected to the right things. Some years ago, you can stand with me. Some years ago, I had someone come to me. And they, we had been, I'd been working with this individual for months. They finally came to me and said, Pastor, I just don't think I can, I, I just don't think I can pull off this living for God stuff. I, I just don't think I can do it. And I said, well, man, I, I, I'm sorry to hear that. Why do you feel that way? Well, I just... I just don't seem to have the appetite for God that, that you do and that other people in the church do. And I said, well, explain that to me. You know, you know, or as they would say today in motivational podcasts, unpack it. Un unzip the luggage and unpack it. What do you mean by that? Well, I just, I don't know. I just don't get excited about like prayer and worship and you know, all this stuff like that. First, let me, let, let me just kind of, I'm not always excited about prayer. Amen. And believe me, I've never gotten excited about fasting. Amen. Matter of fact, I hate myself during that time. <laughs> Especially the first few days when you don't got caffeine. And he said, well, I just, I just, I don't know. And I said, well, let me ask you a few things. Now, if you, you were willing to be honest with me, I'm going to ask you some honest questions, and I need you to further unpack your honesty. I said, let me ask you something. Who do you hang out with in the church? Oh, really, nobody. I'm just kind of busy. I, I'm just too busy to hang out with people in the church. I said, really? What are you doing, though? Oh, man, I've been hanging out with these same guys for the last, you know, 16 years since we've been out of high school. I said, okay. What, I mean, what, what do y'all do? Oh, man, we kind of work on cars. You know, we shoot pool. You know, we'll run over down to the straight eight, which is a bar in Vacaville. You know, we'll just hang out. I said, okay. I'm just acting like this is powerful stuff, you know. I'm, I'm, eventually, it's going to click and the aha moment's going to hit. Oh. I said, okay. What kind of things y'all talk about? You know, Pastor, some things, you know, that I don't really talk about. They talk about it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, like what? You know, women. I said, okay. I said, okay, yeah. I said, so, I mean, like, what do you do for entertainment, though, when you're by yourself? He goes, oh, man. He said, I, I can really, I can really go on a binge, like, with, with movies. I said, okay. Like what? Like, just throw them at me. Oh, I'm kind of embarrassed to say some of them. I said, well, go ahead. Just try it. And he, I mean, I don't even know him. Like, he's throwing titles at me, and I'm going, I don't know if we can say this in church, you know. And these are, I said, okay. 
And, I, and, and so I, 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 and there was more to it. And I, I said, why would you ride around in your truck? I said, what are you listening to? Oh, man, you know, I've tried listening to Caleb, and it's, you know, it's, it's not my thing. It's, it ain't my thing either, but, you know, what are you listening to? Oh, man, I still like this. And he starts listing off the artists. He's like, I said, okay, so what you're telling me is you still live with Egyptians. You hang out with Egyptians. You're entertained by Egyptians. Everything you ingest is Egyptian. And you're wondering why you can't love God. And, and then it hit him. It was like a, you know, one of those delays like, oh. I said, that makes sense? He goes, yeah. He said, well, Pastor, to be honest with you, I don't know if I want to stop hanging out with you. I don't know if I want to stop watching those kind of movies. I don't know. If... I said, now we got a different discussion. Because this is where your desire comes from. Because my mom always used to say, show me your friends. I'll show you your future. And you got to understand, when you're hanging out with worldly people, it's like you're hanging out with Egyptians. Y'all understand, I'm not talking about the country of Egypt, right? Y'all did. I, I just know I'm going to have somebody say, he don't like Egyptians. I'm talking about the spirit of Egypt. When you hang around sinners, they're never going to lift you toward God. I mean, it's like crabs in a bucket. It's going to pull you down. Every time you try to get higher in God, they're just going to pull you down. I asked him, I said, you remember that service we had a couple months ago? I said, remember we, we had an altar call that lasted about like an hour and a half. He goes, Man, that was a trip. I was over there. He said, I felt like my body was numb. I spoke in tongues. Like I said, yeah. I said, what did you do after service? He said, well, I went home. I got bored. And so, you know, I went and hung out in my buddy's garage. We shot pool. They drank beer. And we watched some. Okay. So what you're telling me is every time God blesses you, you go run back to Egypt. And you sit at the table with the Egyptians. You eat Egyptian food. You're entertained by Egyptian entertainment. And you're wondering why you don't have a desire to serve God. My Bible tells me as a man thinketh, so is he. You're struggling with committing to the vine. Maybe you're connected to the wrong vine. Maybe you're planted in the Maybe what you need to say is, okay, God, I'm going to live for you. And for me to live for you is going to require I don't do certain things I used to do. Is this too, too simple? I'm never going to have fruit as a Christian. I've got to be connected to Christ. Does that make sense? How many is hungry for that in your life? I'm hungry for that in my life. Lord Jesus, tonight I want your spirit to flow in and through me. Fashion me until I'm not in my own image. Mold me until. 
until I'm not in my own image. Make me and mold me, God. Break me when necessary. That you might be formed in my life. God, give me the wisdom to know connections that are taking me. Convict me, oh God, with things in my life that would distract me from committing and serving you, God. Expose it in my heart and in my life, God. And then, Lord, let your Holy Spirit give me the courage to make the change, God, because I want to bear fruit. Lord, I don't want to be barren. I don't want to be fruitless. Lord, I want to bear fruit. I want to be like you, Jesus. Come on, right where you are, feel the power of the Holy Ghost in this place. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, for just a few moments, just let the Holy Ghost flow into you right now. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.